Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, Jim Rosenhouse with you for Guardians Weekly from Globe Life Ballpark in Arlington, Texas this week as we join you from the hot of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. 102 was the game time temperature outside for Friday night series opener. Of course, the roof was closed, so it was a very comfortable 74 degrees inside, but uh, that's something that uh, the teams will contend with throughout the weekend when they are outside the ballpark. A tough start to the post-All-Star break activities for the Guardians. We'll get to that shortly. But first, uh, a look at what's to come on this week's show. Paul Gillespie, who's the Senior Vice President of Scouting for the Guardians, he'll give us a complete wrap-up on the just-completed amateur draft. We'll also hear from assistant pitching coach Joe Torres. And it's another segment of At the Ballpark with Bobby D. That's all coming your way shortly. But first, a look at the week gone by. And although it was a tough start to play after the All-Star break, big-time highlight in a 12-4 loss to Texas on Friday night, the work of the Naylor brothers. Bo Naylor in the third inning got things started. The pitch. Swung on and blasted. High, deep to right. Way out of here. Deep into the lower deck as Bo Naylor has his second major league home run. A mammoth towering blast to right. And the Guardians have the early 2-0 lead. That was majestic. And Bo Naylor now two home runs, seven RBIs. And it has been quite a week for the Naylor family because the youngest boy, Miles... Drafted by the Oakland A's. And later in the third, a man on and big brother Josh Naylor stepped in. Gray has really had to labor this inning. The right-hander's ready. Here it comes. Swung on, ripped to deep right. Down the line it goes. It is gone! The Naylor brothers, each with two run home runs. Josh Naylor right down the right field line. Makes it a 4-0 Cleveland lead. And Josh with his 12th home run. It gives him 66 RBIs. And that's the first time the Naylor brothers have had home runs together in not only the same game, but the same inning. Big brother wasn't going to let little brother show him up. And those home runs by the Naylor brothers, the first time in franchise history that brothers had hit home runs in the same game. How about that? Congratulations to Josh and Bo Naylor. But that was it for the Guardians on Friday night. They were up 4-0. Texas won the ball game 12-4, a tough night for the Guardians' bullpen. Stay with us when we come back. 
We'll talk draft with Paul Gillespie, the Senior Vice President of Scouting for the Guardians. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Score. Pass. Out of bounds. Those are sports words. Some people hear any sports word and they can't help but listen. Like drive. Drive is another sports word. And drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. You might say those savings are on par with the best in the league. (laughs) You see, par is also a sports word, so I know you're still listening. And that's called covering our bases. Okay, I'm done now. But I'm serious about drivers saving big with Progressive. Now I'm really done. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Jim Rosenhouse back with you on Guardians Weekly from Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. The Guardians and Rangers meeting in the first three-game series coming out of the All-Star break. Saturday, a 4.05 first pitch. Sunday, a 2.35 first pitch before the team heads to Pittsburgh for a three-game set with the Pirates. Earlier this week, it was baseball's amateur draft. And as always, every team so optimistic of how things went. Paul Gillespie is the Senior Vice President of Scouting for the Guardians. He says it's an exciting time for everyone involved. And he says the feeling after the three days concluded about what you expect. A lot of optimism as all the picks were made and it was time to get to work. Yeah, thanks, Rosie. I think it's a, it's a great feeling. Um, always around the organization, there's just a ton of excitement around the draft, right? Like Everybody loves the draft. Um, bringing in you know, new young talent into the organization. And I think our scouts have spent, in, in a lot of cases, the better part of the year getting to know these players on the field and off the field. And I think, you know, it's an opportunity for them to see a lot of their hard work um, on display and a lot of their hard work come to fruition. Um, as well, uh, it's an all-hands-on-deck sort of um, initiative when we prepare for the draft. So we've got members of the front office, members of player development, our analysts, um, coaches, everyone really um, pulling on the same rope in the same direction to try to um, prepare the organization for acquisition decisions. So um, it is really a sense of, in a lot of ways, relief because, you know, we got through it and we feel really good about it. But we also, um, there's also a a sense of great pride because it is a really – um, big collaborative effort, effort and um, just a ton of teamwork that's involved to, to pull something like this off. Well, let's get right to some of the picks. And uh, the first pick the Guardians had was number 23 overall, which recently that that slot in the draft belonged to Gavin Williams, and here he is already just a couple of years in to his pro career. He went with a high school catcher out of Southern California, Ralphie Velasquez. Uh, Tell us about him. What made him stand out as as someone that you could take in the first round? Yeah, thanks, Rosie. We're we're really excited about Ralphie. So Ralphie is a strong body, physical and athletic, left handed hitting catcher from Huntington Beach mm-hmm. High School out in California. Um, the things that stand out about him, uh, Ralphie, just his ability to center the baseball consistently, um, not only the ability to move the ball around to all fields, but the ability to impact the ball for power as well. So um, we think he has the potential to be, you know, that middle of the order run producer 
in time, um, you know, feel the hit, ability to control the strike zone. Um, those are the things that stand out about him. He's sort of a mainstay on the summer showcase circuit. So we're able to see him a lot, see him in a lot of different environments. Um, and he performed back there. Or he always performed there. So really great to, to see um, him at all the events and just kind of go out and, and do his thing um, over and over again. Um, he's also um, he's a catcher, but he also has played some first base. Somewhat new to catching, um, so we're looking forward to, to partnering with him to find out how you know we want to approach um, his defense. Um, he really wants to catch. Um, we really like his uh, his approach to the game, um, his makeup. He has some, some qualities and, and teammate qualities um, that we covet. So um, he's an impressive person both on the field and off the field. And we're super excited to get going with Ralphie. It's interesting, Paul. Uh, high school catchers, that's not the easiest thing to scout and project. But Cleveland's had some success with, with a former number one pick who's now in the major leagues in Bo Naylor. And because you have that, that recent body of work to look at, and, and maybe it doesn't matter at all, but does that make it a little bit easier or at least you have more information on, on what you're looking for in that type of kid? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think really every kid is a, a little bit different, right? And with with Ralphie specifically, um, you know, he's he is new to catching, um, so I think we we want to, um, you know, not put the cart before the horse and and get him in the organization. And we know that he's 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 worked at it, and we've seen him do it. Um, he's also shown some versatility. He's played some third base. He's played some first base as well um, at his time on the showcase circuit and at Huntington Beach High School. So I think um, we have some options with him, and, and we're looking forward to, to partnering with him and getting his thoughts as well um, to, to think about what are the best ways um, to, to sort of hit his development um, head on. Senior Vice President of Scouting, Paul Gillespie, joining us. We're talking about the just-completed amateur draft of 2023. And, Paul, let's go to round two, number 58 overall. You picked a left-handed pitcher out of Rhode Island, Alex Clemmy. And, uh, gosh, you look at his numbers, and they're ridiculous. <laughs> but I know you look at much more than that. What what stood out to him to, to pick him that high? Yeah, no, you know, I mean, you make a good, a good point. You know, four, I think it was 43 innings, and I think he struck out over 100 batters this year um, at Bishop Hendrickin High, Bishop, Bishop High School up in Rhode Island. Um, he pitched his, his team to the state semifinals this year, so had a, a really great year. But um, the things that stand out about Alex, I guess I'd start sort of on the field. Um, you know, six foot five, six foot six, left hander. Um, just really long, loose, lean body, you know, you can dream on, on, uh, on guys like this, you know, the way he moves, um, you know, he's got a fastball that's reached 99 miles an hour in the past. He also shows quite a bit of, uh, of now stuff with the, with the breaking ball and, and with the developing changeup as well. So he's just on a, a steady progression. Um, over the last couple of years in his development, um, he was, um, on the 18 and under team with Team USA. So he's been around, um, the big competition and, you know, kind of similar to Ralphie, another guy who's been a sort of a mainstay on, on the summer showcase circuit. You know, he, he's been everywhere and he, and he sort of 
sort of done everything. Um, so um, really excited about about Alex. You know, it's a, a really nice blend of uh, projection, um, but also you know, given you know his fastball velocity, there's a, a lot of things that he does well now too. So really excited to get him um, where we did. Um, I think transitioning a little bit to some of the things he does really well off the field. Um, really intelligent kid. Um, Alex has a, a really advanced understanding for um, some of the modern pitching methods. Um, he really understands his body, the way his body moves. He has a really good understanding of um, some of the foundations of pitch design, and he's already thinking about so, um Really excited about the draft, and I know he's ready to get going. So um, he's he's a, a great kid, and we're looking to, to get him. And finishing up on, on that first day of the draft, uh, your 62nd overall pick in the competitive balance round, uh, you went at least – in college, he was a reliever, Andrew Walters, out of the University of Miami. So, so you go from a high school kid in the pick prior to maybe a little more polished coming out of college. And what are you seeing from Andrew Walters that that has the organization excited? Yeah, Andrew is uh, you know physical reliever at University of Miami. Um, you know, sort of speaks for itself. His record of success um, misses a lot of bats throws a lot of strikes. Um, he gets it done with a, with a fastball that um, sort of sits in the mid-90s. He's been up to the upper 90s in the past, you know, touching 99. Um, one of the things that he's been working really hard on is developing his slider. Um, and as he's incorporated that, it's really given him an, another weapon to, to finish hitters off. You know, the fastball is really unique. Um, he, he can really pitch with it at the top of the zone and get a lot of swings, swings and misses up there. Um, so just thinking about, you know, the track record, track record that he has, um, you know, he's, he's really gotten it done, um, in big situations and, you know, the ACC, one of the best conferences out there. Um, so the success he's had, um, over his career, I think he appeared in, uh, 70 games out of the bullpen. Um, you know, up around a hundred innings and I think struck out like 170 batters. So, um, swinging this stuff with, with Andrew, um, he comes from an athletic family. Um, you know, both of his parents were college athletes. Um, his, his dad played basketball, his mom played softball. Um, and he also had an uncle who played football, um, for the university of Miami, um, and the jets. So just a, athletic family and uh super excited about about andrew he wants to get going and um you know he, he's he's worked really hard to put himself in the position that he's in and paul just to, to recap the draft a couple of years ago uh holy smokes it was it was pitching heavy and college pitching heavy if you wanted to find it even further but it seems like this year a real nice blend of college high school uh pitching position player outfield shortstops, three catchers in there, but but a little bit of everything. By design, or is it just how it happened to work out based on on taking that best player available as each round came up? Yeah, yeah, I think it, it's, a, it's a great question. Um, every year is a little bit different. Um, so I would say our strategy 
sort of as a general matter, as a general matter, is just we're just looking to take the best player available at each pick. Um, and we know, um, and I think we've shown that there's talent to be um, in the middle and in the in the back part of the draft. It's just, just not the you know the round one, round two. Um, there's there's a lot of talent to be found um, at all areas of the draft. This year, I think if you were to go back and look at maybe what some of the um, public that were saying, I think you know people would say like you know this is a really um, deep draft from the from the college ranks, and I think um, you know maybe that's a little bit um, illustrated by the, by the, the players we we took, especially on day two. Um, but at the same time. Um, it's 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 one of those things. It's it's really hard to predict. So um, our scouts do a really good job of knowing all players, all demographics, because I think we have to be the organization that um, is capable of, of handling anybody that walks those through those doors. Um, so um, yeah, I think in, in general um, we're just looking to take you know the best player available. So um, I do like the nice blend. But I can't say it was by by design, just because every year is different and it's so hard to predict. Well, I know it'll be exciting to to see and and follow these young players as they make their way toward the major leagues. Paul, as always, thanks for coming by and and uh, get some rest. I know it, it's been a, I'm sure a sleepless several days, but um, I know a lot of hard work and and good feelings around the organization. Thank you, Rosie. I will, I will definitely take you up on some sleep, um, and then we'll, then we'll. Uh, Hopefully get these guys in, and then we'll start start on 2024. So, um, looking and we're looking forward to it. So, thank you so much for your time, and always uh, always enjoy coming by and chatting with you. At Senior Vice President of Scouting, Paul Gillespie, with the rundown on some of the top picks that the Guardians made in this year's amateur draft. Stay with us when we come back. We'll visit with assistant pitching coach Joe Torres. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Arlington, Texas, and Globe Life Ballpark, where the Guardians are taking on the Rangers this weekend. Joe Torres is the assistant pitching coach for the Guardians, and we had a chance to visit with Joe recently and talk about some of the young pitching that has been in the major leagues for a good portion of the season now, talking about Tanner Bybee and also Gavin Williams and uh, soon-to-be again Logan Allen, who will rejoin the ball club next week for a start in Pittsburgh, and all three throughout the season have talked about the foundation that they received after they were drafted, and bear in mind for Bobby and Williams, it wasn't that long ago as they were part of the 2021 draft, but they were sent to Arizona not to a club to play in games when they were first drafted, and uh, Joe Torres says that's part of early development that's so important for young pitchers these days, as especially for newly drafted players, their early days as professionals, it lays the groundwork for future success. 
Well, I think it's been huge for them. I mean, I think that's something you definitely you ask them, and they'll tell you the same. So, um, you know, prior, like, you know, go back 10 years, maybe even five years, um, once guys get drafted, it used to be, hey, you get one week and you're pretty much in a, an affiliate pitching somewhere or playing somewhere. Um, and I think when COVID came around and we uh, didn't have a season then and we actually had our fall season kind of come back again, um, you know, prior an extra, instructional league, um, you know, we started moving forward and saying, what can we do in the future to, uh, to help onboard guys into professional baseball? And I think as an organization, you know, we actually built a foundations program where we kind of brought guys in and um, kind of gave them the, the landscape of the organization and kind of get, give them the things that we value and, and kind of work through the foundational components before they even got out to playing a season and playing baseball. Um, so I think that's what we're trying to do and trying to take advantage of. And I think um, the feedback from players has been really great about that. And because uh, in all three cases they're coming off of college seasons, so their innings had certainly put them at a level where you don't want to pile on innings at that point. So what do they do in Arizona when, when these kids come in and they're not going to an affiliate and they're not pitching innings? What are they doing to, to really set themselves up for future success? Um, if you actually, it's kind of wild if you think about it. They're, they're leaving college and they're almost getting an extension of that, but now it's just baseball focus only. So they're getting a chance to really get into all domains. They're learning, um, you know, the mental side, the SNC side, medical, obviously the fundamental portion. So, um, I mean, they take classes. I mean, they work through these things and they learn, you know, the importance of the routines and, 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 and uh, what they have to do to kind of prep themselves and learn themselves best so they can be professional players, you know, not in year one, year two, but, you know, hopefully have a long major league career. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of time that goes into it. Um, we have fantastic people in player development that are, that are leading the charge there and educating these players. And, uh, and once again, it, so far, it's, it seems like it's paying off. And the three currently in the rotation, Williams, Allen, and Bybee, um, you saw them to varying degrees early on. Any surprise at, at, at their quick move and how they performed at the major league level based on what you knew? Well, I mean, when you take each guy, like it's like, you know, Logan and Tanner, both guys were known as – um, ultra competitors, ultra strike throwers in, in college, um, you know, and then you get into a system and, and it was kind of like fine-tuning some little things. Um, you know, for Tanner, he was able to kind of, you know, learn a little about delivery and just how it can translate to velocity. And, and um, you know, I think overall the game and the industry, you can see that guys are, are able to pick things up so much quicker um, with the technology and, and the coaching that's out there now. So, um, you know, I wouldn't say I'm surprised necessarily, um, but it's definitely a welcome treat to see these guys you know move as fast as they are joe torres joining us in the coach's corner he's the assistant pitching coach and joe it's your second season at this and and you've had some time to to kind of survey it and 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 see how it goes and um, what have your impressions been uh, in this position for you at this level watching young pitchers and older pitchers develop uh, all in the same yeah, well, I guess I'm fortunate I get a chance to be with Carl every day and Rigo and, you know, our, our prior bullpen coach, Brian Sweeney, um, and this entire staff, you know. Um, so it's it's the experience that I'm, I'm able to be around every day and be a sponge. That's huge for me. Um, and then the role itself is pretty cool where, I, I you know, I'm kind of in the middle of everything or, or part of everything. And um, so it's a jack-of-all-trades where I can go ahead and support as much as uh, Rigo and, and Carl need. Um, and then, you know, just be there and be around the players as much as possible. So it's, it's fun for me and it's exciting. Well, it's been an exciting time for sure on the pitching side for Cleveland. Joe, thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Yeah, sure thing. Thanks, Rosie. That's Joe Torres, the assistant pitching coach for the Guardians. And uh, stay tuned. We'll have one more segment of Guardians Weekly after this short break on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. 
are sports sounds. And people love sports so much, it makes them pay attention when I say, drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. It's way back. It's out of here. And we all know how sports fans feel about big saves. What a save! See what I did there? Save is also a sports word. So save big when you switch to Progressive. Ooh, that's a golf clap. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Jim Rosen now is back with you from Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas, where the Guardians are taking on the Rangers this weekend. And we close this week's show with another edition of At the Ballpark with Bobby D. Bob DiBiasio, Guardian Senior Vice President. The perfectly manicured field, the unmistakable aroma of a ballpark hot dog, and the electricity celebrating another victory. This is At the Ballpark with Bobby D. The ballpark is home to many stories, many memorable moments, and colorful personalities. Joining me on this segment of At the Ballpark, we're going to take you way behind the scenes to a gentleman who does some special and unique things for our organization and has done them for almost 30-plus years, more than 30-plus years, his name is John Jakovic. He is an artist and graphic designer. John, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Bobby, for having me. It's fun to be here. You and I first met to do special illustration graphic design for our players to highlight their memorable moments in their careers. The first time, let's go back to 1992, Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton becomes the all-time American League rookie stolen base champion with 66 steals back in 92. And we come to you and say, we want to commemorate, we want to highlight his achievement and do something special for him and put the 66 on a base. Could you do that? Yes, I did. And what <laughs> happened was they provided a base. And one thing about a base, most people... Uh, don't realize that it's not just a flat base. When you look at it, it's a Hollywood base called, and it is got a relief in it, both east, west, north, and south, and also on a diagonal. So when you are painting it by hand, you need to hold the brush steady, not dip in and out, and uh, cover all the spots on it. Uh, utilizing the right paint helps and the right brush as well, and we loaded up the bases. Uh, Kenny Lofton presently holds 12 of those, uh, both for Cleveland and the other teams he played for, Texas, Chicago, Yankees, and so on. So uh, that's uh, a special way to start our career with you guys. Well, let's continue on with Kenny for a second. So the bases that you did for him as he moved on through his career, you highlighted the milestones at 100. And he reached out to you playing for other teams and, and wanted to have that in his man cave at his house in Los Angeles. And what was the best one? The final one? Yes, the final one of 622 bases, if I remember correctly, uh, was the last one we did for him. He did send me a picture at one point of all of them on his wall in L.A., and he had them framed and actually made my work look like a million dollars. But it was fun doing all of them. You and I 
we're connected through an old friend of ours, Carl Horeb. We'll get a shout out to an old employee of our franchise, Carl Horeb. For those old timers listening, you might remember the team shop on East 12th and Euclid Avenue across the street from the Statler Hotel. Carl Horeb ran that. You did signage for that. You did signage for our golf outings. And so that's how we knew one another. And then we went and threw a little bit of a curveball, threw a base at you. And since that time, you've done bats, you've done baseballs. I'm sure you've done other items that I'm not even aware of. But tell us about some of the highlights of some of the most incredible things that that you've been able to provide our players with an incredible piece of memorabilia featuring a highlight of their career. Some of the other good things that I think I've done for people is Corey Kluber has 22 baseballs commemorating different milestones in his career as well. The presentation that Jim told me when he was his last time here in Cleveland, all the baseballs I created for his milestones for home runs uh, that were put in the case that was made with the jersey and so on, and I got to go on the field that day to watch it. Recently, the home plate, uh, I hand-lettered for Victor Martinez on his uh, farewell trip to Cleveland and on to the other cities. Champagne bottle for both CC Sabathia and Cliff Lee. CC Sabathia also had shown one of my pieces of memorabilia for him in his showcase on MTV Cribs. And also it was shown again at another segment of uh, Million Dollar Rooms at his home. So um, it's been a lot of fun doing that. The bases, extra balls uh, for other people too were very, very you know, fun to do and satisfying. Charlie Nagy, I know that we presented Charlie with uh, a plaque with 129 baseballs that you assisted us with representing the 129 wins in his career uh, in a Cleveland uniform. I think that still ranks ninth or 10th all-time in the history of our franchise. We taxed you a little bit on that one, didn't we? You sure did. <laughs> I'm sitting there at home. I get a phone call, and they want to dump, you know, 12, 13 dozen baseballs on me and say, you got a week and a half to do them. I go, what? And he said, yeah, you got a week and a half to do them. So, uh Everything, every statistic on every ball for the score, the win, what number win it was, who we played against and so on, was all on every one of those. We accomplished it. Again, the Indians made wonderful-looking wooden cases for these, and uh, he must have a giant home because <laughs> those things were huge. John, we've kept you awful busy this year. We've had players make their major league debut, and one of the ways to commemorate that is... Uh, your artistry on baseballs. Tell us about some of the fun ones you've done. What's really fun about it, Bobby, is that seeing the faces of them when I meet them at some point years later or Guardians Affair, Wahoo Club Luncheon, where uh, we are blessed to get some great young talent to come and uh, spend an hour and a half with us or so answering questions, signing autographs. And when I come to the table, they meet me and I do tell them who I am, and they're very appreciative, very appreciative, especially the young and also the veteran players as well. And you find out that uh, they're giving them to their parents, they're giving them to their girlfriend, 
Uh, they're putting it on the mantle. Grandma likes to look at it. And it's just a wonderful feeling to know that they're appreciated and they're not just taking it, throwing it at the bottom of their athletic bag and, you know, forgetting about it. So, Tell me what might have been the most unique item that we've asked you to put your work on. Again, we've done baseballs, bats, bases. But anything come to mind as uh, one of the most odd requests by us to you? Uh, years ago, you provided me with a home plate for Elizabeth Dole when she was in town. Uh, and she was the, I think, the president or the chapter president of the Red Cross. And you provided me a base to commemorate her coming here. And uh, it was nice to her to sign a baseball for me that I still have. But, uh, yeah, it, I, I guess everyone is kind of unique because every person who... Had either debut ball, uh, the debut means they had a home run. The debut might mean they had their first strikeout. It's their first win, their first save. A lot of guys, too, they went the grand slam that they hit, uh, commemorated. I guess all of them are special, all of them are unique, and uh, I'm just thankful to be the guy that's doing it. Now, I, I, I again, think back in part one, we, we talked the many you did for Kenny Loft and the bases and, the, and uh, Corey Kluwer and CeCe Sabathia and Charlie Nagy, 129 baseballs. you have any idea, A, how many items that you may have done for us? And B, have you cataloged? I hope you've taken photos of everything that you've done for us so that there is a true catalog of all the incredible things you've been able to assist us with. I have, actually. All of the items that I do for the players whether they're still here in Cleveland or have moved on and come back and ask me to do something for them. I take a photograph of everyone because, of course, I do not get to keep these items. They're in their trophy cases. So I take a picture of them. And if there's an opportunity somewhere along the line to get an autograph of it, I will try to get an autograph on that photograph. So, uh, yeah, that is definitely one of the things that I like doing. Your craft is... It becoming somewhat of a lost art with computer graphic design nowadays? I mean, you truly do everything by hand, painstakingly detailed, as you can imagine, putting the date, the moment, the achievement on a baseball or a bat. All of that uh, is done by hand. So... Chat a little bit about your craft, and, and is it a dying art of sorts? It definitely is. You just do not find a lot of people hand-lettering out there anymore. Uh, everything, like you said, is put on computers or, you know, photographically put on balls and bases. I've come across a lot of people who appreciate the hand-lettering, the old-fashioned style, and still come to me to do things. Uh, you asked me the question about how many you think I've done probably at least 700 items for the Indians. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm correct or close to that. I've done over a thousand items in my career for colleges and high schools and so on. Little League kids, I really enjoy doing any one of them for anybody. And uh, the statistics we put on are not only what you guys give me to put on, but I go and research the game and add everything up to the temperature of the game. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to do that, but you know what? Somebody will say, 
he pitches better in warm weather or he <laughs> pitches better in cold weather. So I put it on there for us to know 50 years later what it's about. John, on behalf of the Cleveland Guardians organization, are many, many players who you have treated to your uh, incredible artwork. Uh, thank you so very much for all these years. Again, starting back in 1992 with Kenny Lofton's Rookie of the Year record of 66 stolen bases. It started with that base, and we're still going strong as players have made their major league debut this year. We intend to keep you busy, John, and uh, just thanks for, for sharing those thoughts with us. Thank you, Bobby. I appreciate you having me, and I hope to continue this service to you for many years to come. Here's hoping you enjoyed today's visit with artist, graphic designer John Jacobet. We look forward to sharing at-the-ballpark stories on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. That's another edition of At the Ballpark with Bobby D, and that'll put a wrap on this week's edition of Guardians Weekly. As always, thanks to Brian Matze for all of his help in putting together our show each week. Until next time, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. 